Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, with Chris Gucci behind the glass, as always, here on show number 46 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. How many times can Jimmy say his name at the opening of the show? That's a, that was a minor one, only like three times. Uh, show number 46, a little bit of a difficult number here. Um, I could go with the obvious one, Rick Dempsey. Um, then I could do your Andy Pettits, uh, or for my brother, I'm going to say Henry Cotto, <laughs> the lousy Yankee in like the eighties or seventies. Even, um, I could do it. My all time favorite Bob Shepard player, ladies and gentlemen, now batting number 46, Hippolito Pena. Always been a favorite of mine for that. Um, I was, I was thinking about going with Mike Dennis from the giants because he played from 80 to 83. And I was really, you know, going to every game back then. I was a young high schooler, so I remember him. He wasn't that good. He had to get five picks in three years. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy who really turned it all around for the New York Giants. It's real simple. Um, number 46 for the Philadelphia Eagles, Herman Edwards, because he was the guy, the fumble in 78, um, the miracle in the Meadowlands. Uh, that play changed uh, NFL uh, end of game ever since. Uh there was a bunch of games that ended weirdly at the you know before that moment, but now it's like a lockdown. At the end of a game, there is clock management, usually down to the seconds, when to kneel, when not to kneel. But I learned a couple of things about that famous play. Those of you who don't know, Giants had a lead up by, I think, five. They were running down the clock. Um, it was third down, and... Um, the they called this play where Pasarczyk had to do like a 360 spin and give it to you know Larry Zonka, bounced off his hip. It flew right into Herman Edwards, who took it for a touchdown, shockingly. But there was a little background stuff, maybe some of you don't know. There was all kinds of upheaval with the giant coaching staff. And um, uh, the offensive coordinator, Bob Gibson, was not uh, couldn't stand Pasarczyk because sometimes he would change plays and he was only he was kept on telling him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bench you. If you don't call my plays and blah, blah, blah. And the weird thing is Larry Zonka, 11 seasons, only 21 fumbles. And there was all this infighting with the head coach and the offensive coordinator. And so when the play came in, the players in the huddle were like, Joe, just kneel on, you know, just you got to, you couldn't kneel on it. Did you know this? You could not kneel on the ball before 1987. Did you know that, Chris? I did not know that, but what would they have you, done? You actually had to like, fake like a run until you got touched. You had to kind of roll crawl on the ground. You couldn't just kneel and it's a dead ball like they do now. Um, so the, 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 in the huddle, they were going, dude, just I'm, I, just kneel on it. Just dive forward. Just go down. Um, and then Zonka was supposedly reported saying, if you, if you give it to me, I'm not, I'm not going to take it. Like just, you know. Um, and so it ended up a lot happened from that play. The Eagles went on to actually be a playoff team. And they want, you know, made the bowl in 1980. Um, the giants ended up, uh, a lot of people think the giants might've won the, a few games at the end there and possibly were in the, would have been in the playoff hunt. In, instead, Gibson was fired the next day. The GM was fired. The coach was fired. Uh, the Maras weren't getting along. Pete Rosell stepped in. He had to get uh, George Young involved. Um, and so it was all this, uh, um, complete, uh, you know. So basically, the Giants now. 
Giants now. <laughs> of course, they <laughs> the, the Giants, of course, the lineage from GM from George Young just ended last week. But it was a big play in Giant history. And Herman Edwards, who I think is a pretty upstanding guy, and he was a pretty good football coach at that. And you uh, play to win the game. That's that Herman so, That's the Herman yes, Edwards that, that I, I know. So he uh and that's it. So Herman Edwards, number 46, big, big part of the miracle in the Meadowlands. NFL game-changing play. So who do you got? It's crazy. I also have Herm Edwards. We didn't discuss this before the show. I have some backups. No way. Crazy. No, you really no. had Herm Edwards? All right, all right. Chris is not and lying. He's the, not The second guy, I only wrote him down because we just got finished recording an episode of the Do You Remember That Guy show. It's a shameless plug. Um, if you guys want to listen to the another podcast with your boy Jimmy Palumbo on it, go yes. look for Do You Remember Please That Guy. The subscribe. Link Do you shortly. remember that guy? Do you remember that guy? And we just had a guest on who was a former Met, um, former Major League player, 11 years. And I'm not going to give the, who the guest was away, but he had brought up this guy in conversation talking about how they won the entire thing in AAA because of him and oh, Steve Tra Traxel. Steve Traxel. So Steve Traxel, number 46, pitched uh, for a bunch of go. teams. But I'm only bringing yeah, that out because him. you stole her numbers. And honestly, wow. you, you, I guess you could say that how you spun it was that Herm Edwards was responsible for, I guess, no, ushering no, in the no, Bill Parcells man. era. He, he was Essentially, right, he, he kind of helped usher in the Bill Parcells era. What year did Parcells get hired? Uh, first, they went to Ray Perkins, who came in in 79 and um, 80 and 81. Then they made the playoffs, but then Perkins was an Alabama guy, and Bear Bryant was gone, and Perkins took that job, which at the time was the only job. They said the only job an NFL coach at the time. Now the money's all over the place. Uh, at the time, what job would an NFL coach leave the coach? And it was Alabama or yeah, USC. Like Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame at that point. Probably. Exactly. Uh, now you go to like, you know, uh, Montclair State and make $4 million a year. But um, the. But yeah, uh, you should have never have picked an Eagle. I think that um, your brother should slap you around for that one. No, but uh, listen, I was not at the game. I started going to the games in 19. Uh, uh, my first game was in 77. I started going in 79 was my first year kind of with Ray Perkins um, who just passed away. Not too long ago, by the way. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, Steve Traxel and Herman Edwards show number 46. Now we're going to do something a little different today. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm giggling at it because it's kind of obnoxious. As you well know, we're going to discuss my weight and weight loss, but I think we're going to do it differently because we used to do Jimmy's bookings. And of course I ran out of bookings. I only have 112 of them. Although, Rumor has it a booking just came through um, and I could confirm it live. You're getting a live. <laughs> I just got an offer, a live offer uh, for the um, Michael Chase show on HBO. Um, and I will, uh, looks like I'll be on that show if it doesn't conflict with any other booking. So another booking on the way, which is exciting. But this Jimmy's weight loss segment of our program is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. My first live read in a long time. It's owned by Craig and Janine Michaud, family-owned, brother and sister. They are up. They do everything you want. You want any kind of eyewear, you got to go to these guys. I'm telling you. They, it's all about customer service there. They feel customer service in their industry sucks now, but not there. 
They do everything. Full service optical, prescription eyewear, sunglasses, um, safety glasses, sport glasses, motorcycle glasses, glasses for the kids. Get again involved here from the Omni in Atlanta. Uh, they do eye exams, contacts, the whole bit. They got budgets for everything. If you mention the show, it's $100 off a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention this ad. That's right. Mention the Jimmy Plumbo show and get that $100 off. Um, 16 years in the biz, open five days a week. Trivia, why are they closed on Wednesdays, Chris? Softball night, baby. And why are they closed on Sundays? To watch some NFL football, of course. That's right. But I think the Giants have been so lousy, they should probably open up on Sundays. At least I would have. Um, that's right. Of course, Craig was my right center fielder. They do all the lab work on premises. They're homegrown. They've been there for 17 years. They take care of everything in Woodbridge Township, the Board of Ed, the police department. They do the mayor's glasses. Um, and they're very good. Again, what have I always said? You go to Absolute Eyewear and you don't feel like a jerk off when you leave. And how many times you go shopping and you feel that way? Sometimes Chris feels that way every time he leaves Chop Sports Media. But uh, <laughs> when you leave Absolute Eyewear, you can see clearly and you feel good about yourself. So go check out Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. But here are some of the glasses they have. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Available at Absolute Eyewear, Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. <laughs> mm. I haven't done Bob Shepard in a while. You had, I know you had to bring that you, one back. You were half so, smiling there a little bit. I got some notes. I do have some notes. I was I was actually smiling at my own joke that I'm about to make. So I thought it was really nice of you to so two two things. One, there's two ways of looking at this whole this whole new live read sponsorship deal because obviously Absolute Eyewear has been with us since day one of the Jimmy Palumbo show. But don't you think yes. it's a little shitty for you to choose such a nice company to sponsor your shitty diet? Like we all know that you're gonna fail at the diet. So <laughs> There's no see, reason why see, you should drag no, Absolute Eyewear into some failing yeah. enterprise. And the one thing that I will say, you though, know what is, this is like. you're never going to run out of weight to lose. So I guess it will be a recurring segment, whereas like your bookings ran out. You're always going to be a little bit of a fat fuck. So you're always going to have see, a. See, now, listen, this is why this is why you're definitely in the top 4000 producers of all time. Um, I think you're about you're about 3,264 right now. You just called me a fat bastard, and you took one of our fine, fine companies that sponsor lots of things on Chop Sports Media, including your own show occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, but listen, I thought, since I love Craig and Johnine, um, that I would have them sponsor something that's very important to my health. And albeit, so I thought albeit, was, albeit failing. So it's a failing diet. Now, now see... You know, this is like pitching a Johnny Trino with two outs in the seventh, second and third. You know, do you walk him there or do you walk him well, with the bases well, loaded? All I know I've, is I've I'm, I'm, basing, base I'm basing my critical analysis off of two weeks ago, you were talking in this diet, how you got it. And then last week you came on and you had actually put on five pounds. You had okay. more well, excuses you? than you had pounds lost. Okay. okay, now let's go back now. I started this whole thing. All right. I was 218.4, but it was a while back and I struggled early. 
I didn't get myself settled the way I wanted to. And then, you know, I came in, uh, at one point I was 211.2. And then I came in like Bone Crusher Smith at 216.2 last week. But I told you I had a bad weekend. I was away a little bit. I struggled. Buffet, bacon, there was all kinds of stuff like that. But you don't mess with Johnny Trudeau, bro. There's a reason why. This, I wear the 706. Coming in from Mexico City, Jimmy Palumbo at 210.8. Is this a, the is lowest this a, I is have this been. the lowest that Jimmy has weighed I, It's since. been a while since I've been 210, believe me, which is embarrassing in itself. So, yes, I can call myself a fat bastard, but I am uh, sponsoring them. So now I got my sister who gave me the idea to give the weight every week. I got absolute eyewear's company on the line for me to lose weight. And I also got you giving me shit uh, for losing weight. But yes, it's all, I know it's, all, it's all from a place of caring, I promise. Yes, because I know you want me to lose weight, but you also have fun if I don't. Um, but listen, no, I actually, I want you to lose weight, but I get, I just said how I don't really get satisfaction out of other people's failures, except for this one in, in some slight cases, because yes. it gives me good material. And that's really all I'm yes, here for. It gives you something for the show. But that's it. Jimmy Palumbo's weight. Uh, I stuck to it all week. I did the diet. I did. I was. I did some half jog walks. You know, I had a bad day Friday though. I think I would have been down in two hundred nine. Friday, I celebrated my uh, my daughter's Thursday and Friday. I celebrated my daughter's birthday, and Friday I had um, actually had my whole my sister and mother and uh, Natalie and her mom and my brother in law all in my apartment here, and I made a nice meal. But I made, you know what? I made a good meal with potatoes. But if, and yeah, if you're cooking the meal, then you should have no excuse. That's that's not um. Maybe you broke the diet plan, but if you're still eating good food, what I did was I was doing the diet up until dinner time. But you know what started to happen? I was cooking, so I started to have a couple glasses of wine, blah blah blah. But the big mistake I made, big mistake, and this is something again. I'm a cockroach. If it's there, I got I got to eat it. I have a bag of Doritos. In my closet that I've been begging my daughter to take this home. I don't even really like Doritos. But what do you think happened? I ate big meal, but I only ate, I ate decently, but a little little too many of these roasted potatoes I make that are delish. What happens? I have a couple glasses of wine. I'm watching. I start uh, watching Ozark, and I hear this bag of Doritos screaming at me from inside the closet. How dare I not be served for dinner? Everybody was gone. It was just me and my bag of Doritos. And I ate, instead of having like two or three, okay, it's your night off from the diet. No, Jimmy's a jerk off. And I ended up eating almost half the bag. There needs to be some type uh, of accountability. Um, you need to have some checks and balances when it comes to those urges. You need to put a system in place, whether it be calling your sister I, and having her talking you off the ledge. I do, I do have a system, and it's called Powerade Zero Drink, which is zero calories, and dill pickles that I have in the fridge. However, the pickles weren't as loud as the Doritos were calling me from the thing. But I knew what it did, though. It inspired me. I was so angry at myself when I went to bed. I was like, what are you doing? And I woke up Saturday morning ready to go. And Saturday and Sunday. So I was pretty much Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, good. Saturday, Sunday, good. So far today, I'm online. And I feel good about it. 210.8. And that's all about the weight. So Jimmy is in the – because, you know, the reason why you don't want me to lose weight is because you won't play softball for Chop Sports if I come back. 
Last year was an anomaly. I was fat, slow, a little injured. I'm coming back. Johnny Trino is back, bro. Speaking speaking of softball, um, I saw an old friend of both of ours this past weekend who actually came by my parents' house to watch the Packer game, which I'm sure we're going to get to in a little bit. But Pete Amigo, Mr. Amigo, oh, Peter Pete Bean. Amigo. Pete A. Bean, Pete my Amigo. boy Pete. He doesn't, I, I try to call him. He doesn't call me back. But I love Pete. He used to be a sponsor on our program. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Um, but yeah, so, um, uh, well, tell Pete, I said hello, Pete, a bean or Peter Amigo. That's, that's a whole other podcast. Peter right Bene. So anyway, uh, well, listen, there was four games this week in the NFL and overall, probably, uh, probably the top three greatest weekends. Forget about who you're rooting for. The games were all unbelievably close. They were all unbelievably exciting. Can't just deny it. They came down to the buzzer on each and every one of them. Um, my take is, uh, and I'll be brief, the Bengals-Titans, um, you know, it was nice to see, you know, Burroughs get it done. And the Bengals haven't won anything. And there's always like a dark horse in the playoffs. When I'm I like to root against teams, and then I find a team – Who's the team that, like, I don't know any Bengal fans. So if the Bengals went undefeated and went 25-0, and 0, I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't know the Bengals won it. Where if the Cowboys win it, you know, you got to go in hiding because the Cowboy fans would be, well, it's been so long since the Cowboys won it, so uh, who knows. But you got to watch. But there's no Bengal fans. <laughs> I think, like, that's what's great about the Bengals. To me, the Bengals are a pure franchise. Only Bengal fans are people that are from Cincinnati. How great is that? Where you I know, I know too, and the reason why they chose the Bengals was for the, I guess you could say the wrong reasons. It's like they literally were like, "I'm going to pick the shittiest team, and I'm going to root right. for them." I get and that. That's going to be it, that. and then well, you stick with I, it. Every week, I rooted for the Lions because I'm like, I like the way they play, and they're better than the Giants. Um, but yeah, so it was nice to see that you know the kid got it done at the end. Uh, I know your Packers lost. Um, Listen, I, I, same thing happened to the Cowboys, really. Uh, I, I thought the Packers didn't play well. They played shitty. Yeah, and the there's a lot of reasons. Kind of hot. Yeah, there, there was the a, ton, a ton of reasons. Mostly, I, well, number one, Aaron Rodgers played awful. Number two, the special teams, you called it all year. Again, the second time you said McCarthy was going to screw up the Cowboys, and you kept on saying, I'm a little, well, I shouldn't say you called it, but you kept on saying, if there's the, going to be a, uh, the Achilles you, heel. Achilles Heel was the special teams. And listen, anytime in a playoff game that's tight, you give up a block punt for a touchdown. Uh, there's a lot of luck involved with that. Number one, they also I, blocked a field goal before half. Right. Yeah. So two blocks, and it just, it's been going on all year. They might have the worst special teams in the league statistically, but it's hard to judge that. Jimmy, um, ever. And, uh, but you know what? Now, uh, a couple of things. You know, it's funny, and this is true. This is like human beings. The field, it was four degrees. It was starting to get icy and everybody's like, Oh, that favors the Packers. No, not in today's environment where the defensive backs couldn't cut. The wide receivers couldn't cut. Um, they were falling on their face and players were going down, which looked like injuries. I, it looked like to me, they just fell on concrete because the, that field was frozen. I mean, yeah, frozen. It, was frozen. It, was, it, it literally was, was in the second half Seemed that way. Anyway, and I'll just to talk about the game briefly because I did talk at length about it on the Daily Show today. Uh, but yeah, the 49ers would have played that same game if it was 75 degrees and sunny. That's their game where they're going to hand the ball off 40 right. times. 
It doesn't matter their their ball control. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to you know go into this game and have zero touchdowns by Jimmy G and as bad a game as he played and come out with a win, zero offensive touchdowns. Yep. But look, the weather did it, and you're I, right. The, I, you don't it, want it, your quarterback it, to be throwing the ball in this sub-zero temperature when he's the yeah, league MVP. Tough. It just doesn't and, you remember, and listen, he's not a young chicken anymore, and he, he looked frozen to me. And also, I think, remember in the beginning of the year, I made the joke. I was like, if I was a head coach and I was playing the Packers, what I would do is put 11 guys on Adams. And and so that way, at the end of the game, he doesn't get – he would still have seven catches if it was 11 on one and let like let the rest of the team run free. Um, uh, look, the 49ers did a de- – you got to admit, they did a decent job of, of uh, keeping him semi under wraps. Yeah. Even though I think, I, I think he's, the, he's the best receiver in the a league. A lot of it had to do with, I think, the conditions as well. Could be. And- but either way, listen, they got it done. The Packers didn't play well. And, you know, one of the things – Listen, uh, Rodgers with McCarthy lost a lot of big playoff games. Now we're on the third year with this new coach. They lose a lot of playoff games. You know, he's starting to, you know, uh, you got there's something to it now. This was a little something to it. It's it's uncanny how and it seems like the Packers lose at home in playoff games. I don't know how I, it feels that way. Maybe because the Giants beat him and I watched the game this weekend. Uh, Packers lose playoff home games. It seems that way. You maybe you could tell me that's not true. No, they do. Every everybody is. It's not been good for the Packers in the playoffs. We've had some success, but unless you win a Super Bowl with the expectations that we have going in, you know everybody's remembering the last one. So yeah, we beat right. the Rams last year. We beat there's there's obviously playoff wins along the way at home at right. that, but you know there's also I think you know I remember people always say oh you know when you get in as a wild card even though you got to play the extra game you get hot if you win the wild there's some truth to that especially as a giant fan giants started they won the first game your yeah. team gets hot but I mean, having to not play a game it's a, like that's why, I think you know, I yeah. think that everybody wants to buy for good reason you get healthy yeah. um if you yeah. come out and you're flat I don't think it has anything to do with the buy that's for fans to talk about after the fact but they're not the guys yeah. that are actually having to go through it when and put their bodies on the line these guys need some time after a three-month season I agree. and when I you're agree. earning it, it, it and it to the point seem- to the point though let me just the Packers came out firing on defense yep. they gave up zero zero first downs through the first 12 plays so four, three and out four times in a row and yep. their first so drive they marched right down the field so it wasn't because they came out flat no, they got they did flat. Not come out flat they got flat and they, listen I, I, I didn't think they played well um I don't necessarily say I don't think they were uh I don't think they were coached poorly. They just didn't play. Hey, look, it was the weather. Came, it came down a lot to the weather. Our big running back got hurt at, before half or right after halftime. Yeah. And I will say this. It's fair play to the 49ers. It was, it was not one of those games where you could point at the refs or you could point at even the coaching. Look, you know, maybe a couple misses by Rodgers, but the 49ers had some drops early. That's football. Fair play to yep. the 49ers. Fair win. Yep. They deserve 49ers, it. And they beat the 49ers have beaten two very good teams and they move on. Now I made a comment. This is regarding the Rams bucks game last week. I just said, you know what? I'm tired of it until Tom Brady is beat. He's the guy. Right. And so I'm watching this game yesterday and um, it was almost like the head coach of the, of the Rams listens to my show because they, they Tom Brady, the coffin was being lowered into the grave. It was over. It was the, 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 those workers after you walk away from the funeral, those jerk off guys that stand there with the shovels and the, and the brown tent. 
uh, at the, you know, you go from Goslin over to uh, St. Gertrude's in Colonia. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was almost like the Rams were like, hey, hey, no, no, no. Let's do everything we can to make Tom Brady tie this game up. Let's fumble. Let's make guys attend. Let's, let, let's do everything we can. And that's what they did. I thought but, we were about to see another situation where Tom Brady just gets the, the game, the ball handed to him. Handed to him, correct. At, but it didn't at, go. With, with one and, minute to go in the game with a chance to win or tie it. And he did hey, next to nothing to get them there, which I'm not. I, look, obviously, I, I'm not. Listen, can't talk bad about Brady. Brady, Brady, Brady was, he, he was good. He was good at the end, though. He got it done. He tied the game up. But you know what? A little too much time on a clock. A couple of plays. Bang, bang, bang. And uh, it was over. But I'll um, say this. This is what Brady does to the locker room where you're you're done. It's 27-3. Insurmountable. The other team has the ball, right? Yeah. No and one Brady, in that no one on that sideline thinks the game is over. Everyone thinks that you're going to win still. No, even yeah. like I'm no, saying on Brady's team what he does to a locker room is that he gives I you agree. confidence at times where you should yeah. have none. And that's the difference that he brings to and the I, table. I, I always talk else. about I mentioned it on another podcast. I always remember when like when Pat Riley came to the Knicks. It's kind of a different analogy but there's something about when the man is there pat riley walked into that locker room and now it's like wow that's pat riley like pat riley's here same thing with brady that's what he brings to the table he's an older player now he doesn't move that well which is hurting him and uh but listen he 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 came out of the coffin until finally you know uh stafford hit him in the head with a shovel and he fell back in and they threw dirt on him um that leads us to the Bills-Chiefs game, uh, a certainly a wild game, a game for the ages. I think it'll be talked about forever. I have a take on it. Um, maybe it's because I'm just old school. I'm an old Giant fan. I thought it was the worst defensive play in the fourth quarter of any game I've ever seen. All I saw as a guy with no skin in a game, my nephew's a Chief fan, so I'll root for him. And I was like rooting for the Bills, but not, you know, just I was watching the game. Like you just didn't care. That's how you. Uh, yeah, either like way, you, you I was watching of, the game. You but switch allegiance like six times throughout the game. Yeah, and I will tell you this. I'm sorry. I think the strategy, like I think the strategy of the defensives in the fourth quarter was, let's leave the wide receivers. Let's make sure there's nobody near a wide receiver. Let him catch it, and let him get a running start, and then we'll. That's how we'll play defense. The wide receivers were wide open. Like, so the point is, if it looked like the Bills, did anybody watch film? And then the Chiefs were equally as horrible. And then, I'm sorry, you cannot, with 13 seconds ago, number one, you squid the, squib the ball, the guy, it bounces around, you lose two or three seconds right there. Uh, the, 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 uh, you cannot, not only did they give up a field goal in 13 seconds, it was a chip shot. How can you give up a chip shot? The way they were playing defense, they were running way far back. It was like, no, it, they had timeouts. Horrific. I would have fired all defensive coordinators. I'm not saying Mahomes and uh, and uh, Josh Allen weren't great. It's not my point. But I'm telling you right now, Daniel Jones would have hit every pass that was th- except the, uh, the every pick. The guys were wide open. And, I mean, in the, were, down the stretch, the final three minutes, yeah, I could have thrown a lot of those balls. It was horrible. It was lousy defense. Now, nobody's saying that because it was so exciting in the game, but I'm I'm watching it, and I'm like, is someone going to make a stop here? I felt like I was watching a Nick game from three years ago, like the other team scoring 110. You know, how about a little hand in the face? I just said that for my boy, Venditti. Um, 
Yeah, I just thought it was the defense was brutal, but it certainly was a wild game. And you'll appreciate this. My nephew, big Chiefs fan, he, he goes to the Super Bowl. He's like all into it now. For years, as a little kid, they sucked, and now they're really good. Um, about a month ago, he got this connection where he decided to just buy. He's never been to Arrowhead. He's been to their Super Bowl games, blah, blah, blah. So he goes and buys AFC championship tickets for Arrowhead on a, on, on a whim. So he thought it was over. He was going to have to get like a credit and all this different stuff. And uh, so my boy, my nephew, Jimmy, is going next week to Arrowhead, which I think is really a lot of fun for him. So it's good for him on there. But um, the Chiefs defense was just awful. And so was the Bills. Um, But there was like seven lead changes in the last minute and a half. And I think to the average public, that was certainly one of the – Got to be top five greatest games of all time. So, what do you think in terms of the scoring back and forth? Just one thing to piggyback off of this game because obviously it was a great game. You're right. I'm I'm not exactly old school. While I see both sides of it, I think it was a great game, but very shitty defense. How do you call prevent with 13 seconds to go and give up that many yards? It's like, what exactly are you trying to prevent at that point? If you didn't prevent it, it looked like they were anything. trying to prevent. They were trying to prevent. Right? They were trying to make overtime. It sounded like like let's in, let's encourage them to win this game. That's like more like what you said. You, did you call your defense and say, "Hey guys, let's see if their kicker could make a thirty yarder," because it's like they did yeah. the oh. only way. They had thirteen seconds to get fifty yards, sixty yards, and a field goal off. And Dak Prescott had fourteen seconds. And he ran out of time and the chiefs managed to yeah. do all that in the same amount of time that Dak couldn't. And I know that there's timeouts well, involved and things timeouts. like that. But there's a big difference there. Um, a that's a big thing. Difference, but at the end of the day, 13 seconds is 13 seconds in the hey, NFL. You should not. Hey, you should not. Hey, giant fans. Hey, giant fans out there throughout that whole crazy madness of the game. Both teams had still had three timeouts. So rule number four, 40, 47 for my boy, Venditti. You cannot call a timeout in an NFL game, I believe, until there's only less than five minutes left to go. Because you lose, you always lose because you're out of a timeout. So take the first and 15, take the delay game in the third quarter. I don't care if you're at the five. Take it. You need the timeouts. Makes me crazy. That's my take on the game. But it was the kind of weekend, I think you'll agree with this, Chris. It was the kind of weekend where, like, a mom or a grandmother I don't want to say a housewife. That sounds like it's 1974. But uh, someone who's walking around the house getting work while four four fat guys were like, what's going on? And between going like, oh, oh, I'm in an apartment complex. And I heard literally I had the window cracked open a little bit. You heard people go like, oh, oh, that's how you know there's something just crazy going on. Um, I think people were like rushing to ESPN who didn't see the game. It certainly was wild. All the games were close. Um, which was fun, which will lead into uh, – I'm going to root for the Bengals. I think the Chiefs, though, have a clear shot at the Super Bowl now. Um, and, uh, look, I, I've always been – I've also thought the Rams were pretty good all year as well. So, um, I yeah, didn't really Rams change are, oh, my – The Rams my, haven't beaten the 49ers in six, in six tries, though. The, the McVay has I, not I know, beaten but, Shanahan. I know, but that's that sounds like – and now, for the first time, they beat him. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna do my stinks list. Uh, the play teams left. I guess I got the Bengals still at good. I got the Bills uh, as good. I got the Chiefs as still very good. Uh, Packers. I kept them at very good. I thought about dropping them to good, but I couldn't. I, I dropped the uh, Buccaneers to good. 
I got the Rams is very good, and the 49ers is very good. Got to give it to them. Uh, I'll do a full stinks list to end the season. Um, giant news. Giants hire a guy that looks like it's pronounced Joe Schoen, but it's Joe actually Shane. Shane, and I love that last name. That was my dad's favorite movie. Shane, come back. So it is Shane. Um, listen, I can't make a comment on this because he was, uh, you know, he was only the assistant GM. I think the Buffalo Bills are set up pretty nice, so he comes from a little bit of success. But really, it's how you really not this year's draft because you can't count it because it's not his scouting really. Um, I'm going to count him next year's draft, and. I can't comment on any of the coaches because in my opinion, I don't care unless, if you got, if, I don't care if he was hired the day before the draft. If he's the GM, he's making the draft picks. Well, and he's yeah, got his but scouts I, and he's I, trust me. You don't I, think he's been I, I, paying listen, attention to the draft scouts because no, he's been in the same position with Buffalo. Well, so he knows it's their job. He knows their job, but I'm going to, I think that there's going to be a little, uh, uh, you're going to yeah, give him a leash, a longer I'm leash. Gonna get, I'm going to a little bit of a leash this year, but not after this year. Um, they have two first round picks. Um, I'm not going to comment on the coach things. I'll tell you why. I think, in my opinion, all the coaches they're, they're talking to stink. And I'll tell you why they stink. Because they're all coordinators. Nobody ever knows. There's been some awesome coordinators. The, the Cowboys had a, a Cowboy, Wade Phillips, probably one of the be, top 10 defensive coordinators of all time. And he, weird success as a head coach. You just don't know. They're all young. They all seem good. When I say they stink, I mean, you just don't know with a coordinator. Yeah. I, I wish they went out I, I, to me because uh, the Giants have been bad for so long. I would go for a Doug Peterson. I would go for a Sean Payton. I would, would go, go for, for a Russell Jim Harbaugh. Yes, I would because I, I think Giant fans, even if you got to mortgage the future a little bit, nobody cares. Nobody cares about draft picks four years from now. Nobody cares. The Giants have been so bad. I want a better product immediately. And uh, I think Peterson, Peyton, and Harbaugh do that for the Giants. And Russell Wilson arguably be the best quarterback they've ever had as a franchise. Yeah, I don't I don't think that it's a realistic um I know I'm not saying it is I'm not, any of those three. I'm just I think saying that the I think the Giants have their candidates pretty much picked out, and it's it's just a, ma a matter of deciding between a few guys. I think Brian Flores is a is a legitimate possibility. I think the Packers offensive coordinator is a legitimate possibility. And I also think there was one other guy that I was reading about. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the Bills defensive coordinator. Oh, and it was it wasn't it wasn't him, but it was Brian Dable, the, the Bills offensive coordinator. Yeah, I listen, and I don't know, for whoever they get, you know what? The only way to judge coaches is by how well they do on the field. They're all young, hot coordinators, so God bless America. Um I could go on and on about how you have to hire people in the NFL. It seems crazy to me. You, you interview and you like a guy, but you have to go through protocols. Um, I guess that's the way it is now. Um, um, it just seems uh, a little the way that you, it's just obsessive to me. Yeah, to get into uh, that is like opening up a whole other podcast. Oh, it's, it's a can of can of worms. I get that. Um, I hope the Giants hire the best guy that's for the job, in their opinion. Uh, college hoops. Rutgers annoyed my soul. I went to the Rutgers Iowa game. It was awesome. We beat Iowa at home. Nice win. Iowa's pretty good. Rutgers defense was tremendous. Guys were hitting big shots. Oh, horrific call at the end to give us the win, though. They called that little ticky tack foul on Harper. He said the free throws. But then Saturday, they come and they, they go on the road. They never win on the road and they lose to Minnesota. Horrible. 
I'm, I'm down on RU. It's just hot and cold. I just don't think this team's going to make the NCAAs. They have three or four games before February 5th. And after that, their schedule gets nasty. There's like seven yeah. top 20 teams. I don't see the it. Big Ten. It's the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Penn, uh, Rutgers wrestling is kind of going through the same thing right now where they're well, they're running into a, a rough patch. Listen, the Big Ten in wrestling is like the SEC. There's just a tough game every week. Uh, my Knicks are a mess. Um, they got this guy, Cam Reddish. Uh, he's semi-injured. He played five minutes uh, Sunday. Um, what's your take on that? I, I, do you think he's going to make a difference? I do. I think Cam Reddish, obviously when you got Cam – you knew that. Well, I'm sure maybe you didn't know, or, or many people knew, but there was an injury. There was an injury already there, so they knew what they were getting with him. It's going to be a little bit before he's full go, but when he is full go, he's literally the piece that I thought the Knicks should have added in the offseason when they added Kemba Walker because this is a guy that will will put in effort on the defensive end for starters. He could hit this. He could hit threes. So he's a perfect fit for any defense or any team that likes to maybe have a guy that could play the perimeter and shoot some threes when you have your, your guards penetrate. And he also will lock down, if not the best shooter on the other team, or he'll at least attempt so, to, to cover the best perimeter score. So on the up, oh, go ahead. Right now we're like the 12th seat. Okay. We got to get yeah. to eight. Do you think with say a week or 10 days of his ankle getting healed up, do you think it's the kind of move that can move them up four spots? I don't know if that's the case. Is it too late? Like put it this way. The Knicks only have to make the nine because they have that play-in game now. Oh, the buy-in game. Sorry, yeah. So, right. and and when you're looking at the Eastern Conference, I'm pretty sure that anywhere in 12, it's jumbled together. So, yes, they all could right. definitely leapfrog four teams because they probably are, are all middle of the road, whether it's the Wizards. You know, there's some bad teams in that mix. So, yes, the Knicks can right. do it. Will they do it? I don't know. I think their coach – Their coach – the way they play defense – makes me lean towards yes, but they also get the team's the opposing team's best effort every time they come to the garden because it's the garden. And the Knicks yeah. aren't really built for for the opposing. They're not built to be attacked as if they just won something because right. they're the Knicks and they haven't won anything. But yeah, as far as Cam Reddish goes, I think it's a great fit. There's a couple reasons why. Um, if there really is realistic expectations for them to ever go after Zion, which I don't think that would be the right move. He hasn't played in a season. He's like 350 you know what? pounds. I, am I the only one who feels like Zion's been in the league since 1974? And he's an exciting guy, but he's, he's got a foot injury, and it looks like he ate old Zion. He's like Charles right. Barkley now, right. which isn't a good injuries, thing for a 20-year-old. Foot and injuries foot are in, weird. They don't heal. Yeah, well, that's Ankle. clearly what's happening. Setback after setback, he's yet to yeah. see the court this year. But R.J. Barrett. Zion and Cam Reddish were teammates at Duke. So he is teammates with Barrett. They're good friends. I think that those two could have a, a connection on the court. But I don't really know where he fits into the rotation just yet because you haven't seen him healthy. I don't think he cracks the starting lineup. Who do you take out? Fournier? He's been shooting the ball well. I think but he's so a good guy you, to bring you, it. So how do you think of a guy, the Knicks make this trade, and the guy's not even going to start? But you know how Second. irrelevant that really comes – He'll start against teams that he needs to start against. It depends on the matchups, but he's a guy that's very versatile. He plays both ends of the floor. He can hit his threes and he plays defense. And it's a, a better addition, in my opinion, than both Derrick Rose and uh, Kemba Walker. While those guys might have more name value and a little more star power, and maybe even some more offense, they're not the good. They're not as good or as young and um, versatile as a Cam Reddish. 
All right, so that's your take on it. But I still think the Knicks are a mess, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. And I'm pissed because Rutgers made the tournament last year. Knicks were in the playoffs. It was fun. We could talk basketball a little bit. And now we're looking at pitchers and catchers. Um, Even are we? Are we, though? Do they don't have a date set? Yeah, I know. But you know what? I I refuse. I'm going to be Pollyanna. Everything's going to be fine. I can't. Right, well, that'll be. I, I'm a little more in in touch with All what's right. actually happening, and I will say that there's a chance, two, albeit a very slight chance, that things are fine. There's definitely going to be some two week delay. Jimmy, two week pitch, delay. That's it. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in about 20 days, maybe even 18 in some cases it'll for teams. A, listen, there is no date set to even meet. There'll be a two week delay. There's too much money at too much money on the line. It will not strike. Two week delay. That's my opinion. All right, and on other news, I've been watching Ozark. Um, love it. Last season here. Uh, oh, the acting is intense. Um, Laura Linney, she's such a bitch this so, season. So I will, I will say this. I have not watched an episode of this season yet. So okay, I won't say anything. In, uh, no, no, I won't say anything. I will tell you this. I, I won't give any plot at all. Um, the only thing about it, the show, <laughs> especially when you binge, Late at night, drinking Chardonnay, sitting on a couch, eating Doritos. The um, uh, I know I just painted a nice picture there. Uh, girls are probably calling my number. And you have like the, the um, Dorito the, fingers, uh, and you drag it across your chest, so you have uh, like a. I had to wash my hands got, like four like you got times. Yeah, yeah. By, a, by a Dorito. Awful. Um, <laughs> I there's something there's something depressing, you know that that whole drug world, which is what Ozark is. And after a while, like if you watch two or three episodes in one night, it's there's that you get that dreary feeling. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like ah, oh, these people. And no plot point. I'm not giving away anything. It's just like all right. Like, when is someone? How, when is how much are this, you going to endure? Like, at what well, point are you going to figure out? I can't do this. I, it, it's like watching a, a, a Marvel comic movie. Like, at what point is one of the stars just going to get their head blown off in the middle of the show? Because they're like everything's they're, they're dabbling with all these brutal criminals all the time for four seasons, and like it's like those old westerns where the guy shoots a million times, never hits the star. Well, um, there there's been those moments on Ozark. I don't want to bring it up because there's probably people that are listening to this and be like, "Oh, yeah, Ozark," and they're going to go back and watch. About, but I'm talking about I'm the talking, big three. All right. Fair uh, anyway, uh, but you know, it, the show is intense, uh, so I've been really enjoying that. On other showbiz news, like I said, I just got this. Uh, New booking for the Michael Che and offer actually, which is cool. Love when you don't have to audition for this Michael you, Che you've show. Been on the Michael Che show already, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this remember we did the audition from uh, Chop Sports, which is exciting. I think we did. Yeah, the callback. No, no, no. There. We didn't. Maybe. I don't Maybe think it was. was. I I think that that was the thing that you did prior to even. Maybe it was like right in the beginning, and it came out. Okay. And, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was definitely... cool. Uh, it's with Chris DiStefano. And if I'm if I'm doing it with him again, I will. We will do a live thing from our trailers if we have to. But I'm excited about that. But also, um, I'm with the Henderson Hogan Agency for TV and film, and there was a a woman a woman there who was the um, assistant, and then she became the kind of like a junior agent slash agent, and. Um, she ended up uh, moving on to another agency, which is exciting for her. It's what the agents do. They do shuffle around a little bit. I was bummed about that. Bridget, if you're listening, I love you. And uh, But they brought in this new guy. 
Um, and I had to do a Zoom call with him on Saturday. Um, and it was weird because, you know, a lot, I know a lot of actors who kind of maybe overrate themselves. Um, and I'm not talking about Jeff Cantor. If he's listening, he'll laugh at that. Uh, you know, and every time you get a new agent, you have to, like, you got to let the guy know, you know, hey, you can't just go in and be like, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, you're the new guy now? How's it going? Like, and this guy's been an agent for 25 years. So he's a veteran, but so am I. And so in the middle of it, I'm talking to him. And I'm like, well, I've done this. You know, I, I'm talking with casting directors I know pretty well. And, and then I, I said, you know what, man? I was like, I got to be honest with you. I feel like I'm trying to sell myself. Uh, and I just like, you know, that, that was like the elephant in the room. And he goes, no, no, Jimmy, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm trying to sell myself on you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, listen, welcome aboard. I was like, uh, um, you know, the, the way I look at agents in my life now, if I'm right for something, get me the audition, you know, uh, pound the breakdowns, get me auditions. And I still think uh, if you get me auditions, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll Johnny Trino you. I'll, I'll bring something back. And, um, and it was cool, but it was such a weird thing. You know, when you're talking to somebody, you're like, and I can do this and I've done that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. He knows my, why am I talking to this guy? Honestly, um, I really don't know because I completely freeze up in those situations. I just, I just as well not have well, that conversation. Well, you have to, that he was trying to I introduce himself it. via zoom, but I, I felt, I just stopped and said, wait a minute. He goes, no, Jimmy, I'm, I'm you're, you're I could relate of- though. I'm, I'm saying this because it's so relatable to me that, it makes me so uncomfortable to do it that I just can't. Well, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, I can't sell myself. You know, you know how I am with the posting well, on social media and the same thing. I just don't like to do it. Well, listen, I, I, I struggle with self-promotion, even with this show, which we're trying to rectify over a period of six months. It's, it's very hard for me. Maybe it's the actor thing. I don't know. I don't have that. Look at me, look at me thing. I sometimes do, but it's always in a ball breaking way. And uh, it's hard to be when you're in a conversation with someone, even when I post. So anybody listening, um, you know, uh, it's hard for me to be like, hey, I, I usually do. Hey, gang, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I typically downplay most of the things that I'm doing. Yeah. But sometimes in life, you can't. You got to let people know what product you have uh, uh, and, and you go from there. But it's just a weird thing. Yeah. I'm not saying have- that I'm right. I'm, I'm saying it's if, if anything, I need to be more assertive in the opposite way. But that's why. um we are going to be doing uh, a Patreon thing, which uh, we'll be launching around the first week of February. There'll be a couple levels. Uh, I'm asking for your support of my fine show here. Um, and it'll be like three levels, a $3, a $5, a $10 a month, uh, which is a small stipend. Um, and uh, at each level, you get some different things and a shout out and all that different stuff. Uh, I'm also going to be, uh, I'll announce it next week. I'm going to have a new email. That uh, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, uh, something with Jimmy Palumbo show at Gmail or something like that, and uh, I'm going to have uh, I'm going to invite everybody to email me thoughts on the show, what you hate, what you love, whether or not you think suggestion Chris sucks. box, suggestion so box if you, if you think Chris sucks. Um, I'm sure we'll get a lot of emails on that. Or or uh, another thing too is like um it's not a bad idea to have some guys or, or girls for that matter, write in and, and let us know what you want us to talk about. Because if yes, there's, some, if there's some topics that you think are interesting or, or prevalent that we would be able to dive into a little bit, I think that that's always a help across the uh, board. Yeah. That's, that's what we want to do. So we'll have, there's definitely going to be some changes. And a lot of it's on me. Um, 
I uh, sometimes I get distracted by life and showbiz stuff, and I get there's some things I got to get done and promotion of this show and getting stuff out there with Patreon uh, and T-shirt sales, and also of course on April first we have a big show over at the um, Avenel Performing Avenel. Arts Center. It's it's a unique thing for me because technically, even though I've been really close to headlining for a long for a while now for the last four or five years. Um, uh, I realize now that I'm I'm headlining this show. You know, it's going to be with uh, Bob Gonzo and Kevin Israel and me. I'll be the headliner, and it's in my hometown. Uh, you know, I'm from Woodbridge Township. I'm looking forward to it. I really want to do a nice job for everybody. I'd also like to see a lot of people I haven't seen. They have a nice bar there. It's at the Avenel Performing Arts Center. Tickets are available now. I will be. Uh, um, and we'll be doing more postcard stuff and you'll see some stuff, but you know, it's, it's still two months out. We're going to start hammering that. Chris said he's going to work on my little poster for Facebook this week. Uh, but the number for tickets is 732-210-9463. It's April 1st, Friday night. If the show does well, uh, we're going to maybe have a second show Saturday. I don't know with COVID and all that stuff. If that's possible, I hope so. Um, I'd love to see everybody, especially my Colonia peeps. Um, and, um, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing all kinds of new marketing stuff, uh, and with more videos and our boy Pete's going to be, uh, uh, Pete McNally is going to be editing more stuff. We had some audio issues last week. It was kind of both of our faults. Uh, the, the a microphone got switched to a different mic on Chris's end. And it sounded no, like what he I was that. did was I recorded the entire episode under while underwater. Yeah, That's I should have noticed like. it right I away. Back, but I was, it was like unbelievable, and it was too late. We got on too late to redo it, right. so it was like. And, you know, and listen, the bottom line ride. is, when, when me and Chris do the show, uh, and I mean this uh, honestly, when we do the show, uh, maybe the, the video's not perfect, the audio, but we're, we get so into talking about stuff that sometimes you forget. You oh wait, that don't sound right, you know, uh, and that's on me. Uh, but we didn't really notice it was too late, and we had to get the show out. So we we we'll get all those mistakes. Uh, you know, so is this up, like the please. is this like the first phase of Festivus where the airing of grievances where we just got it all off no, our that, chest for the listeners? No, it's not. Uh, there's nothing negative on you guys. It's all on no, me. I know. It's Jimmy, my I'm show, man. It's my show. But I do got to tell everybody. I, there's a. I have a wonderful little podcast called "What What Happened to That Guy." And do you remember drops, that guy? Do you, excuse me. Do you remember that? I, I've renamed it four times mentally. It's called "Do You Remember That Guy." And I'm going to be sending out some links on that. It's a cute little show. Um, it used to be part of the Jimmy Palumbo show, but for, for certain reasons, we had to keep it as a standalone. And it's a cute show. If you're a Yankee or Met fan, it's a much listen. It's short. It's only about 15 or 20 minutes long. Although we do have a longer one this, this week, but we have a special guest, so it's cool. Um, and basically, we talk about players that – everybody forgets about but they remember him once you say the name you go yeah i remember that guy and then you we kind of give them a little uh you know podcast wikipedia version what they're doing now and you learn some stuff i certainly have and some of the players are not that good or you go this player stunk and he played 12 years how did this guy play 12 years um so it's also interesting it's a cute little show with me and my buddy rick antonori who's a met fan lives out in ohio he's a baseball coach and I'm just me talking about Yankees from 70, 1975 on. It's a cute little show. Um, I think you'll enjoy you that. You said so cute please. little show more times than you said Jimmy Palumbo at the Open. See, again, this is why. You know what You know what I forget? I, listen, bottom line is I don't want to date my show, but 
when when uh, the Packers or Cowboys lose and you're working, uh, maybe I shouldn't record my show on Mondays because you know I thought about it. What happens if the Packers, like if the Packers and Cowboys aren't that good for the next five years? Uh, what, what are you guys going to talk about? I have such a, I do such a good job of compartmentalizing, <laughs> Jimmy, that I'm already. I, I, look, I will say this about myself: I've handled things so much better. You guys are great. Um, I would, you and Dave have been great. I'd be so, I'd be, I would have been, if the Giants lost that way, I'd be so pissed. I got it down. And it, it's just being a Packer fan, you have a, this, you're, you're teetering on this, on this ledge of like complete overconfidence and then complete humility. Dude, it's, where it's, it's not, you a just, not as, not as bad being a Bills fan, bro. They've had some catastrophic losses. Catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I could, I would say because I've at least tasted victory. And at least had a Super Bowl, then I would say, yeah, maybe the Bills are are there as well. Bills but are rough, man. The Bills, Tough the Bills have a different outlook going going into this because the Bills have a quarterback in his mid twenties. So the, right yeah. now, the Bills just think that they're going to be there every year. They don't realize how hard it really is. It is I agree. It's He's hard. Good, good player, kid. Kids are good players, no doubt about that. But um, yeah, so that'll be uh, that's it. Um, that's all I got to say, really. Uh, <laughs> about uh me you're gonna see again stick with me like subscribe tell everybody and uh come see me on april 1st in avenue in downtown avenel new jersey getting involved i swear to god i want to i want to open up uh, what's the place was called the omni i'm so pissed the omni doesn't exist um i would totally do a live show from the omni uh but it doesn't so we did our first live read today in a while for absolute eyewear, I was excited about that. I got to do some Bob Shepard. I even did a little Ippolito Pena. Um, but that's it, Chris. As all Dave as well. Thank you guys, and uh, keep uh, listening to Chop Sports Media and the Chop Sports Daily Show, and uh, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, and the Do You Remember That Guy Show, and the Met Show, and the Jet Show, and we got MMA, MMA shows. Um, you know, which I'm a huge contributor to the MMA shows, bro. I'm yeah, all you do is talk shit about it, and it gives us our platform. Because this morning, when as soon as I pulled up the the MMA graphic, you're like, "Really, Packers played like shit on the MMA?" Okay, okay. But we that, literally did what, it to plug our show. Okay, all right. Yeah, that was a good move, but you know, everybody was waiting. The, the news of the day was football, and you guys were talking about it. And, and you know what? I thank I, God. I, actually I think feel the like I feel like I failed. let the listeners down because. <laughs> Because I didn't, no, didn't give this whole production about what what it felt like to lose. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, it's, you got like you got to show man. that the pain you're in that lasts Tuesday. There's Wednesday show. There's Thursday show. You'll be fine. Plus, when you find out what Rogers is going to do, and you were right about that. Only Rogers knows what he's going to do, and um, or some inner circle Packer Packer people, and uh, I don't know. Let me ask you this, and and we got the show's going long here, but if Say that say he wanted to come to the Giants, right? Hypothetically, just in my in like, and the Giants said, We'll give you three years of first round draft picks. Would you make that trade if you were the Giants no. and or Packers? If I was the if I was the Packers, you have to consider three, that. three, three years. Oh, 2022. So we get we get both of their four. top 10 picks this year. Because three you may, maybe maybe three years worth of first rounders. Then I, I would take four first round picks and two in the top ten this year. I probably would do that as as a GM. Me as the fan, no way. No, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of giant fans out there like, no, we can't mortgage our future. And I'm like, 
Well, no, I, I don't. I don't think that the Giants are in a position to really do that. What are you going to do? Maybe for a Russ? Because right now, Aaron Rodgers is you, you're not giving up three or four number ones for a guy that might play two or three more years. It's just not going to happen. You know, you could make the case I, I, for a guy that's 31. I would make the trade. I, I, we're starving here. And I feel like we're like the helicopters dropping food baskets to the island. And if one of the baskets is a, a nice meal made by Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I'll take it. I, I, we got to eat. This is crazy. We stink. So give me, I don't want to hear about Daniel Jones or the or GM. Let's, I want to bring in, you know, and even Adams with the trade, get Adams. He's the best receiver in the league. Um, I, I want to see moves like that. I want to see guys who are already good that are going to be good. Here, right here's, away. here's the quarterbacks that you're going to be able to trade for. If you'd like Kirk cousins, okay. Jimmy G, maybe Derek Carr. That's I it. I take them all. I take them all. Yeah. Take them all. You know why they're stopgaps, but they're good players. We we would. I'll explain the what job, they are. You know what they are? They're like what Kurt Warner to Eli was. Kurt Warner well, to Eli. That's what you know. Granted, no, Kurt, no. Kurt Warner is better than all those other guys. But you get what I'm saying? Like when they drafted Eli, they had Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is a Time Hall out. of Famer. Time out. The question. It's really simple. What is your job of the of a GM to upgrade all positions year to year? Simple question. Does getting these three, what are just uh, slightly above average quarterbacks, slightly, even really average quarterbacks, will upgrade the quarterback position. Done. At what cost, it, though? You don't want to pay. You don't want to pay. Not Kirk giving Cousins up. 30, 35 not, mil. Why? Who cares? About, fans don't care about money. You know what I mean? There's the salary cap does, it. though. The, the salary cap does. He's. You're not going to. Uh, we got to win now. There's a reason why you're not the GM of a franchise, then we'll say that, because the Giants right. have no business making a move for any of those three guys. Lateral can't move. Can't, unless what are you going to do? Either keep Daniel Jones or go with the quarterback from Pitt, who I like, by the way. Or um, so you could go, so you could go, you get cousins, you go six and eleven instead of five and twelve, and you could pay him forty million instead of what you're paying Daniel Jones. So no. Anyway. Well, if Daniel Jones can't beat out Kirk Cousins, then he doesn't deserve to ever make money in the NFL. Fair point. You know what it is? It's also what players they have. I still think my prediction, Kadarius Tony, is going to have an unbelievable year next year. Whenever he was healthy, he was open on every play. He just said he wasn't healthy. So if he's healthy, he'll be fine. All right, that's it. We went a little long. I don't know why. We just did. But I love you guys. Support. We'll see you. I'll see you next week. With Actually, I'll be in studio next week. Get involved here from the Omni uh, with a very special guest. Where have you come from? Where have you gone? I lost some in, honey, since you've been home. Has it been a long trip? Has it been a minute stop? Getting harder to stay. But welcome to California, baby.